Hey, so uh, this is going to be the first episode of our Contributor podcast. And, well, I guess the first topic we could just talk about is the most recent patch in World of Warships. I mean, it hasn't done that much, but there are at least some things. For example, like the achievements. Okay, let's try again. Okay, fingers crossed. Uh, okay, so so do you hear him now? Yeah, there we go. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> first, first uh, problem already <laughs> solved. To recap, then, basically I was talking about how the auction looks very, very similar to what World of Tanks has done. Like, they've, they've looked at that whole, the way they did it and lifted it as a way to absorb, to, to soak up resources from people's accounts, essentially. But, you know, you might get some cool stuff out of it. And uh, the way they did it in Tanks and also the way it, it says they're doing it based on what's in the patch notes is that if you bid and fail, you don't lose anything, essentially. I mean, that's, that's very important because otherwise it would be like really fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can to... at least de determine yourself how much this is worth it for you and either you get it or not. Yes. Essentially. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they actually put in there. Um, if, if there's going to be anything uh, that's special just for that, like with the gold Type 59. On, on World of Tanks, which previously was only available on the Chinese server, or if it's going to be like, you know, bid for a thousand camos or 500 flags and some ship skins. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they're offering. I mean, I'm sure that didn't they like, uh, like last Christmas trades, they announced that they are pulling some ships, right? In order to get people to buy more crates because like, oh, last chance to get them. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if some of those ships suddenly appear in an auction. Yeah, that kind of artificial scarcity is definitely... Uh, I, I mean, that's one of the other things about the the patch is they announced they're actually pulling a bunch of... Where are we? It's here. Uh, Eric Lohenhard Nelson, T-61, Haider, Z-39, Asashio, and the Graf Spey. Oh, and the Lenin. So those are all getting taken out for the time being as well. Sorry. Shall I get to see the chat? Well, I sincerely hope so, because he's also posted in chat. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm keeping tabs on the chat. So, good evening, guys, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, then, then another part, of course, with the patch, because I've been asked a lot about this ever since the patch hit, and I, I, I'm guilty of usually not reading patch notes. And I remember a while ago in a live stream, Wargaming said that they're going to pull like that you get flags from the achievements, but you'll get the flags another way, like you get them over missions, right? And the way they first talked about it, it for me, it sounded like there would just be a mission where you like get a Kraken and then you get flags, right? But that's not actually what they are doing. Like now that I finally read the patch notes, basically, they just have some basic missions that give you this more flags crates, and this replaces all the flags that you got for achievements, which is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a rip-off, isn't it? Like, if you were good and got achievements on a frequent basis, then you've just gotten ripped off. It absolutely devalues 
what achievements represented because it's not just a thing that goes on your record and hey look i have this many krakens it's actually worth something in that it also gets you some flags and it again i wonder if this is going back to they want to soak up more resources from people's accounts because of course these days you can also get flags and things from the armory so i'm wondering if they're purposely removing this other method of getting flags so that you have to go and buy them from the armory now and you also just get whatever you get from the daily containers plus however many extra containers you get from these missions so i suspect it's it's down to that 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 they've looked at you know how much coal people have and how much free xp people uh free xp people have and they they're trying to find extra ways to soak that up yeah i mean they they also encourage your guys to to get the flag containers because otherwise most people might take just coal containers to get coal but if you can't reliably get flags anymore otherwise maybe you are more inclined to get flag containers on top of it but it's probably also just a thing that that helps bad players who don't regularly get achievements anyway or more casual players so maybe that's also a thought behind it Maybe, but I don't, given that you can go and exchange, you know, uh, what is it, like between 8 and 12k coal? Uh, some of them are a bit cheaper. I'm just looking now. Some of them are only 6,400 coal, 3,200 coal, 800 coal for the Hotel Yankee ones, because apparently nobody uses those. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some of them, I mean, it's useful to be able to go and buy them, but it's it's quite a lot of credits for not that many flags and quite a lot of coal for not that many flags. So it it really feels like they're trying to kind of introduce a bit of scarcity to the whole the whole uh, thing. Yeah, and possibly to go and buy more things from the armory. And yeah, it's, it's obviously dangerously close to when they release their auction house. Now we will see what what exactly they're wow. going to sell there. That's true. Yeah, you know they might be offering packages where it's it's like you know it's five hundred Sierra Mike flags, and you have to decide how many credits you're going to bid or how much coal or whatever. Yeah, so I don't maybe. think they go five hundred. They might like go like fifty or so. Yeah. Um, like Hopefully for it's not that in low, front but, of yeah. each ranked season, just uh, anti-detonation flags. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So yeah, I, it, you, you could be right though. They, they absolutely could be connected. It could be anything but a coincidence that these changes are happening at the same time. I remember the old days when you used to get flag super containers, and it would be like hundreds of flags. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, super containers used to be, like, a lot better, it feels like, these days. Oh, like, when, obviously, like, uh, being a contributor, you've been a contributor for a long time. You, you probably, do you, are there ships left that you can get from a container? Like, for so. me, the, <laughs> there is no ship left, right? So when I open a container, the best I could get is steel. But yes. most of the time, it's just, you know, it's... Get like what? What? What is it? Seven days of premium, or so, or one day of premium, even only. It's like it's uh, utterly disappointing what's in super containers most of the time. Yeah, sometimes it's a, a useful. But you still can get some flags or some camos, and sometimes they can be useful ones. But um, more often than not, it's not that useful at all. So 
But, I mean, we're in kind of a, a, a special position compared to most people with that. But that's true. True. Most people, like, I mean, there aren't that many ships that are even interesting to buy, right? I mean, if I've had both own, I mean, before uh, we, we got ships from being a contributor, I did buy quite a few ships, but nev- I would never buy all of them. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, who's got that <laughs> kind of money? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's so, not um, just, um, obviously, it's it's going to be ridiculously expensive. But even then, I mean, I've realized recently that there are so many new premiums coming and barely any ship can seem excited about it. They, they keep releasing new and new ships and I just look at them and I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in that uh, that's kind of where World of Tanks is now, but they, they hit that stage because they pretty much ran out of new tank lines that they could add. And we've had a couple of new tank lines added in the last couple of years, but I suspect the majority of of vehicles have been premiums of of different kind. And it's weird in that almost kind of feels like we're hitting that state with warships, even though there's still clearly major lines that could yet be added. So I don't know if this is just they are taking that monetization in uh like that they're, they're moving to that phase earlier or if they just feel like um there's just more scope for kind of individual famous ships as opposed to individual famous tanks like that having that kind of name value as opposed mm-hmm. to some weird prototype Polish tank that nobody's ever heard of that only existed in some kind of half-finished blueprint drawing and that was never actually going to get built, which is, you know, it's what half the half the things that get added to Will of Tanks these days feel like, is totally obscure stuff. Whereas there's still plenty of big-name ships in, in World of Warships that, that people could have. So, yeah, but they're still they, adding their obscure stuff to Warships, despite yeah, the amount true. that they could still have. Maybe they just want to stretch it for long. Yeah? But I also feel like they've just gone overboard with the amount. Like, it used to be, but back when I joined the contributors, that you've had like one or if, if there wasn't a new line coming, you had maybe one or two premiums to test. And now it feels like mm-hmm. you have at least 10. And Oh, yeah, they, they definitely, like, it's been that way for like the last maybe two years now. They just seem yeah. to throw a lot at us. And it feels like yeah. the quality just really suffers. Instead of like taking. Look, I look at one ship and thinking like, so what role should this ship land? Like, what, what do we want to achieve with this ship? They're just feeling like, okay, if you just throw out 10 random ships, uh, just balance a little bit. And, you know, if it's too strong, we'll just remove it. If it's too weak, we can still buff it and somebody will buy it because they like the name or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. That, that, that definitely. Well, I mean, they've definitely shifted to uh, putting them out in greater quantities. I don't know if you would, if I would make the argue about quantity of quality, but there certainly have been more of them that have been released in a state which leave me scratching my head. Definitely. And then you see them later on, sometimes not too much later on at all, getting much needed buffs or, uh, well, usually they don't get nerfs if they're premiums. Usually they just get taken off sale. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, which kind of leads us to like new ship line releases recently. Like the, both the Italians and the, the German destroyers so far have left me kind of baffled because I like I don't know if, if, what's the point. Like the, for example, the Italians they they suck at range because they're so incredibly inaccurate. The Samp is just a gimmick that sometimes is nice but oftentimes doesn't do much. The smoke is an even Worst gimmick because 99% of the time it does nothing. It can be used to disengage, but it's a very niche thing. Mm. And you don't have an advantage for getting close, right? If you're like a German battleship is bad at range, it's still better than an Italian because the Italian have a worse dispersion than the Germans. Uh, so you're worse than a German at range, but you don't get benefits from getting close. Like you don't have secondaries, right? You don't have that amazing rush now. You don't have a special damage gun. You don't have a special heal. You have you have nothing really. You you are mediocre up close and you suck up range, right? So I don't know what what's your experience with the Italian battleships. So do do you have found a place for them? I I've played them. Uh, I'm up to now having ground out the Lepanto. Um, I haven't actually played any of the German destroyers since the, the kind of the testing. I didn't actually get any of them from containers or anything, so I can't really talk about those. Especially not the infamous Z31. Um, but with the Italian battleships. Um, even with the buffs they had, with this patch coming out, they, they buffed, um, variously, like, reloads, uh, one of them got slightly better sap damage, two of them got better sigma, um, they still don't feel like particularly great or fun ships to play, uh, until, I mean, the Lepanto's been okay, and I think once I get to tier 10, it'll be fine, but that's kind of led me to the thought of, well, we had this with the slow American battleships, we're having it with Italian battleships, and I think it, it holds true for the Germans as well, where you, we, the, the, you know, the, the, the culmination of the line in the Elbing, um, where the focus of these lines is all on the tier 10, rather than each tier being fun or you know having something in its own right it's more like well this is what you play through to get to the tier 10 and it's not necessarily a, a shift in direction that i particularly like because apart from anything else tier 10 isn't where i really play for fun myself but yeah i, I don't know there might be other lines you can maybe think of further back that that have that i mean i don't know italian cruisers maybe I never really played the Italian cruisers that much, but I mean, I haven't played the, I'm not sure if I've completed Columbus since, since the patch sheet, or more, at least not more than one battle, but honestly, it's, it's, it also feels like a disappointment. You have a lot of guns, and that makes a bit up for the bad accuracy, but they have a very low caliber, which means that, you, for example, you can't overmatch the, the cruiser noses and your tanks. So if you have a Des Moines that, like, if you push into a Des Moines, the Des Moines goes nosing, you can't just, I don't know. Can't even load high explosive. You can hope that the angle isn't so bad. Like Sap has pretty amazing pen angle. So if he's if he's like showing a little bit of sight, maybe you can sap the nose. But otherwise, like at the moment going nose in against you, you're just you're just screwed, right? You have <laughs> you can't really do much. Oh, well, yeah, I like this claim for the superstructure. I I well, I like I say I haven't played the Cristoforo Colombo myself yet. Beyond what we played in testing, but uh, Lepanto hasn't felt too bad. It was certainly a big step up from the Vittorio Veneto. Um, but yeah, um, maybe, maybe on that line, tier nine is the sweet spot. I don't know. 
Oh, I do wonder if we're... Oh, Twitch is having a funny, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, Twitch Twitch is... Re- Twitch has recently been, like, kind of... A- because even though I don't lose connection to, like, for example, uh, OBS or, uh, like, Discord or, like, World of Warships themselves, right? Twitch is just... It's always just breaking up for, like, 30 seconds or so. Once, maybe That's every horrible. half an hour. Yeah. They can't handle the cuteness of the cats. But def- definitely, there's, there's too yeah. much cat here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed by, by the Italian battleships, definitely, overall. Which is a pity, because they're such good-looking ships. I really like Italian battleship designs. Yeah, I'm also a bit surprised that you actually enjoyed the Lepanto because my Lepanto experience was basically the same as the Colombo, right? You you can't overmatch noses, your sap. There is basically like one ship where your sap is good at, that's the Smolensk. And I, think, I think saying I enjoyed it is probably a bit strong. It's probably more accurate to say I haven't hated it. <laughs> Maybe it just came with such a relief after <laughs> tears 6, 7, and 8 that it was like... You won't want to kill yourself while playing. <laughs> Which I haven't yet found in the German destroyers, I guess. So, I mean, it's all relative, right? It could always be so much worse. So, you said you haven't played this, the Z31. Have you, have you played like the, the, the Premium, the Z39 that has been added years ago? Uh, that one I've, I've played, yeah. I never really liked the guns on that so much, but. Yeah, the stealth even... compared to the rest of the tier seven destroyers is really nice, and it's got decent torps as well. So yeah, it's it's a pretty nice one. It's certainly better than the Mars. Yeah, so, so imagine that's the really baffling thing, right? The set forty one is worse in everything except dispersion. It has a worse reload with, I think, the same amount of guns. So you, you didn't like the guns on the Sand 39 Now imagine them with less DPM. And it's not just that. It's not just that they fire slower. It's also that the high-explosive damage, uh, like the armor-piercing damage is the same, but the high-explosive damage is a lot worse per shot. So you reload, you reload slower with less damage per shot. You have those weird torpedoes that, that are basically sea mines. And uh, your worst concealment, you don't have the hydro... You have worse hit points? I'm almost surprised it wasn't buffed as the Italian battleships were, but maybe it will be with the like, next it, patch, maybe? Apparently, like, the the um, better penetration and accuracy and gun angles and so on are sh- for eye armor-piercing. Make up, but I guess they removed the Z39, so that's the that was their answer for it. Because we all know the Z39 is so incredibly overpowered, right? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm less surprised than by that than like some of them. It says like, oh, they're too popular, having too much of an impact, and some of them it's like, really, the Lenin Z39, okay. But when you see Hydra on that list, that reasoning makes more sense but still some of them it does just feel like they're removing them again going back to the idea of artificial scarcity so they can put them in containers later or they can put them in uh you know the 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 auction house or whatever 
I mean, I don't know, like, the, the, I can see, like, the, what was it, the T-61 or whatever. The, there was the T-6 German that was pretty good ship. But, like, the uh, Z-39, you don't really see yeah. this ship, like, ever. No. Like, nobody plays it. It has never been popular. So, I mean, they can just remove it. But, but it, it just makes the Z-31 look bad because it's bad at everything and has Hydra. <laughs> so I, it, it really feels like they, they're going to hide the fact that a ship that has been balanced or even not been that great and is still bad at everything. So they, I don't know, it, it feels like just hide the evidence. Maybe. <laughs> Sweep it under the carpet, hope everyone forgets about it. I mean, nobody, most people don't know it exists anyway, so let's just quietly remove it and... Uh, Assume that that 150 millimeter uh, guns just make everything okay. Yeah, totally. The thing is, and I have to be careful how much I talk about, but but with the the higher tiers, especially the the Elbing, um, it actually made for an interestingly different experience. But of course, that had more going for it at tier ten than, especially the humongous number of hit points. Uh, compared to what the Z31 is doing at Tier 7. Maybe they just looked at all the other rubbish set of Tier 7 destroyers and thought, yeah, this is fine, this will fit right in. <laughs> no one will notice another disappointing Tier 7 destroyer. Yeah, like, I mean, because Tier 8 gets the consumer module, Tier 7 is like the dumpster tier for this. Actually, there are some technically cool destroyers at Tier 7, but because of that huge disadvantage, yeah. a bit of a dumpster tier, because as soon as you're up tiered, you're like, hey, I'm outgunned, outspotted, and I'm just screwed. Especially as well, these days compared to how it used to be, um, the number of radars in-game as well, um, you... you get to tier 7 and suddenly you've got these tier 8, tier 9 radars that no, weren't necessarily there before. So suddenly things like the, the Blischkowitzer with 8 kilometer torque range and the, the Mars and all these things with 6.6, 6.8 concealment, they just struggle so badly because they don't necessarily have the torpedo ranges, but they don't really have the health, don't necessarily have the, the speed or, you know, so they just get absolutely hamstrung when they're down-tiered. Oh yeah, like that. It feel like in recent years, torpedo range at higher tiers has become such important if you wanna play a torpedo ship, because there's so much 12 kilometer radar, especially ever since they added even more like Russian users to to the game, that you just feel like you you can't get in torpedo range of anything if you're stuck with 10 kilometers. It really makes it like the cross avoid feels like just so much room, because what's what's what are you going to do, right? And Grosso still has reasonable guns, but you know, you, you are you're more like smoke shooty than, than open water dodge. And that's also going to be problematic if, if there is too much long range radar. Uh, you barely see Grosso these days, I have a feeling, even though it used to be like once they, they changed the Grosso some years ago, right? It, it was turned into a very strong ship, but it's all been an old yeah, I suppose that's yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't, we don't play enough tier nine, tier ten to really appreciate how common all rare ships might be. But yeah, I don't, I don't tend to see it that often when I do play. It tends to be things like Shimas and Hallands, stuff that couldn't, you know, cope with either carriers or has long range torps or whatever. And there's there's some um, smattering of other types as well. But yeah. Thanks for the resub, Psychic Nate. Much appreciated.
So is there anything else we want to talk about with the patch? Um, well, I think we've some... covered most of the recent interesting changes, at least, I suppose. Yeah, there's been a couple of premiums that have properly come out, but I think the only one that's been on sale yet is the Agincore. So I think Tiger 59 is coming out very soon, I want to say. That one's that's going to be a, a coal ship, was it? I'm sure See, that's an armory ship. I have tested none of the, the yeah, test yeah, ships, okay. and I couldn't even tell you like what class they are because, as well, I said, like ever since we can't show them, and I basically only play on stream these days, so I've yeah. completely lost interest in in all oh, of the new yeah, ships. Yeah, I totally, totally appreciate that. Um, well, actually, of course, the only one I can really talk about that I've played any yep. particular amount of. So well, I mean, it's, it's actually, been released, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's one I've wanted in-game for ages, and I think it's actually been in... Is it Legends? I can't remember. I think it's been in the console version. So it it was kind of like basically confirmed it would be in the PC version at some point. And the idea is really nice of of having this um, like huge broadside, but... No, only okay armor for the tier doesn't have a great range. That's that's fine. But the big sticking point for me and a lot of people is going to be the absolutely zero AA. And it's like the Arkansas beta. People know it has zero AA. And I've already had games where the carriers make a beeline for me because they know I've got nothing that I can do. I'm in a relatively slow, slow-toning battleship that has no AA. So unless I'm in the middle of a bunch of other ships, uh, there's there's nothing you can do about it, and it kind of completely negates any enjoyment one might have out of it. So, I I don't know personally. I take this as, um, and I've seen this occasionally in in other things where wargaming doesn't necessarily take the kind of player psychological factor into account, if we can put it that way. They'll, they'll oh, look yeah. at stats and, and they'll go, oh yeah, this 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 looks fine. Um, we think the playtesters, you know, the, the, the numbers they've produced have been fine. The feedback's been kind of relatively okay, but they don't necessarily take into account. That, I mean, this was a big thing with Dead Eye, and I'm sure we'll talk about Dead Eye, but the, the, how players would kind of um, feel about the fact that psychologically they're in a thing that has absolutely no defense against this other thing, carriers in this case. And that, you know, it's just not fun when a, a CV player just decides to focus you in particular because they know you have no AA. And um, it, it, it's kind of mars what otherwise might have been quite a nice, enjoyable ship because we don't get that many older historical ships in the game these days. The focus is very much on the higher tier premiums, which tend not to be the, you know, interwar and the early World War II stuff. So I think we're missing out on a lot of interesting history ships and it's sad to see one come along and then be so gimped by something like zero aa yeah, I, mean, I, I think like it's uh, you you've nailed the point with the psychological thing because let's be honest you just because you are congo and you have anti doesn't mean you're going to shoot down planes it's not like they they have an easier time sinking ocean court than they have a congo because a congo can't defend itself in any yeah. sort of way against the carrier but psychologically speaking, the fact that you the planes don't get shot at means they are going to come back because even though they, they can do the same thing to a Congo, they are more likely to do it to you because psychologically not getting 
attacked will just give them the confidence to to just yeah. strike you yeah. over and over it's and over like, again. It's like minimal risk versus absolutely no risk whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it, kinda right. And sometimes even like if you have an um, if you have ships with anti air next to you, they just because they somebody told them this ship has no anti air, they're going to go for you. <laughs> And the sad far, uh, part is that the Agincourt like has amazing secondaries, and I do love myself some secondary battleships. Yeah, it could be a really fun ship, but it's just got that big black stain on it that it just doesn't have any AA. And even from the player's point of view, the fact that you have at least some interaction with planes that you can sect to your AA, even though I think it's a downgrade from what play how players were able to interact with attacking planes previously. Um, there's just like you just end up with a feeling of of being helpless, even though, as you're saying, uh, the the effective difference between that and uh, you know Congo or a, a some other tier five battleship, you know um, New York or whatever, it's not actually that big. <laughs> I mean, that could have given if like five anti-air damage or so just yeah. just to to make you feel like you're doing something. It wouldn't make an actual difference, but it it would it would psychologically guess make a difference. Yeah, I think I think as I say, it's something sometimes wargaming does absolutely overlook. But you've also raised an interesting point, like if the lower tiers. I feel like wargaming has a long ago abandoned the lower tiers. They they tried so hard to push everyone to higher tiers by making ranked and every like they used to have like tier tier five. How low did rank go? I mean, there were just six ranks, definitely. I but think, it, I mean, didn't they used to use um, have a two tier spread? So you could have like tier five and tier six ships. Or am I thinking of operations? I might be thinking no, of operations. But... I mean, could be that you're thinking about rank. I, I have never been a rank player. I have to admit, like ranked is not something that really interests me because it just adds additional frustration on an already frustrating thing like losing. Yeah, because <laughs> if you lose, you don't lose anything in random. But in ranked, you lose additionally, and I don't need that additional frustration. Basically, so I'm much more happy at just ignoring it. But yeah, I'm, it, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> I don't. I think they, they, what they, they have pushed so many things like clan battles ranked, like everything to higher tiers. It's like they are, tr and a lot of campaigns and missions they are like tier five at least and above. They've really just, and then like last year they tried this, this what the, the new ep epoch thing where they finally mm. had some content for lower tiers, but it's way too late because. When I tried play, I was first. I was excited. I was like, "Oh yeah, you, you get a special mission for a derpski, right?" So I bought the derpski. I outfitted the derpski, and then I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's let's go." And then three minutes into the queue, and I'm like, "You know what? This isn't fun." Yeah, it's a bit. Um, I mean, part of it also is also they they split the matchmaking between newer and more experienced players, which was absolutely you know like the trying not to put new players off with the absolute seal clubbing, which is fair enough. Yeah, but, but it, um, it further like reduced the people who play lower yeah. tiers. And they're just, they, just, they, they aren't just, really rewards, there isn't no insensitive, yeah. and they actively kind of discourage you by, by, by a lot of the missions they designed to not play lower tiers. Well, yeah, because yeah, most of them, um, there's the, you know, you can't go below tier 5 or tier 6. You, you don't get any benefit out of it, so it it's a pity because there there are some decent ships down at low tiers. You know, you, you could potentially have fun there, but I, it definitely is neglected. And 
just the fact that we still have double tier 4 CV games apart from anything Yeah, I mean, that's, else. that's not helping because low tier CVs can farm so easily. And then there's the thing that, like, uh, in recent times, every new line that comes out, it's usually easy to get at least a tier 5 in, in the, like, early access. Yeah. So everybody basically starts at tier 5 anyway. So the lower tier ships, not even when a new line arrives, people are playing lower tiers because you don't have to. You just start at tier 5 anyway. And you couple that with, I mean, they've even started now with Italian battleships. They just didn't even bother full stop doing a, a tier three. It just goes straight to the, the tier four. So they've kind of almost acknowledged that they've sort of. Yeah, but given even up, the tier, nobody's going to play the tier four because you probably have the points to start at tier five or so anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like random. They used to do like a random crates or so where I could find them. But these days with the bundles, I mean, on one hand, it's a, it's a bit fairer, but like you still have the random bundles, I guess, where you can gamble your money and see if you can get the tier nine or something. But, uh, they have just the token missions. And with the token missions, you're going to basically are guaranteed to start like with the tier five or so anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you say, in some ways, it's, um, fairer, but I think it any kind of fairness is almost a byproduct of this this huge push into you know loot boxes basically. <laughs> this kind of uh um, I mean it's absurd the amount of money focus. you can gamble to get a tier nine tank tree ship. And then the interesting part the camels come afterwards. If you could at least get the camels like I mean you can unlock the ship then the regular way, right? The camels are the special thing. That you yeah. can only get like this, and the camels are something that are technically worth something, because I mean you you can you can get the ship for credits right anyway, and just unlock it the regular way. But a permanent camo is worth the blues, right? So the thing that's actually worth something is behind actually uh, behind getting the ship that you could get for free. It's a bit of a questionable method. Yeah, especially as uh, I'm definitely one of these people that would really strongly like there to be uh, the possibility of having uh, a camo that you can just kind of have the look of any other camo on, but without necessarily the economic benefits of that camo. Oh, yeah, there are there are so many, like, uh, consumable camos that look amazing, but yeah. they are so limited, right? Like, I mean, like the pie camo or something, or the white camo or so can't really, oftentimes there isn't a way to get more, it's not like they are hiding it behind resources, it's just like, you know, this is a just you got 20 from an event and then sent, and then oh. you can never use those amazing looks again. I have so many cameras that are literally like single digits, and some of them I, I only have one of, so I can't ever use it because then it's gone, so I can sit and look at it on on a ship in my port, but I can't ever actually take it out into a game and show it off because I think it looks cool. I, I know cool. the problem. Right? I, I try so hard to never, like, if I have a camel, to never use up all of them. It's uh, just yeah. sad. I really wish they would, I really wish they would do that. I don't know I'm far from the only CC to feel that way, but I don't know. But it would, it would almost alleviate the problem because um, if you just wanted and I've been guilty of this myself, of of grinding out some of these, um, you know, pre-line release 
missions so that I can I can get the camos. Um, but it's not the fact that it's a perma camo that is is doing it for me. It's because I like how it looks. That's why I didn't really bother going in on the um, the German destroyer ones because I don't I don't particularly like how the those iron cross perma camos look. So it's like, well, I can't really be bothered. I could grind it out, but it's a perma camo I don't actually want to use. So. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. if if you could, if you had some customization, or if you uh, with, with your camels or more, that that would be pretty amazing. Or if you could like turn a regular camel into a perma camel, or something. Yeah, that's been suggested as well many times in the past. So I, I don't know. Or we might get around to it someday. Some of the premium ships, especially steel research ships, seem powerful. I don't. I mean. Do you think that Wargaming is putting more powerful ships into the steel bracket? Or do you, or do you think that's, that's a consideration for them? Could cover. I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about before that. We should probably talk about the, the King Kong and Godzilla skins. Definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. If we, we could, <laughs> we could open that can of worms. Yeah. That was, uh, and and once again, I feel like I feel like the loss for what Wargaming did because it's not even like they that it's not like they're making more money before. Like they already created the skin for for Godzilla and Kong, right? And they already have them in port, so they decide the work is already done. Now I can understand some concerns that you don't want to have a. Uh, Kong dancing on a ship or something during a battle, but uh, it would be easy. It could only be visible for you, right? You you have already ah. the version without Kong, and you have the version with Kong, and only you see Kong, and the others don't see it, and problem solved. That would make sense. That would make sense to do it that way. And uh, the, I can kind of see their their state concern about not having the models in battle. In that, if the other players are seeing it, they're going to be maybe trying to shoot at bits of the ship that aren't actually the ship. They're just this cosmetic thing that doesn't actually have a hitbox so but yeah if they did it that way that you still get to see it but other people just see it without the big figure on deck then that that would absolutely remove that problem entirely so it, it is quite odd because the cameras by themselves don't necessarily you, you wouldn't look at it and think oh yeah godzilla or oh yeah king kong it's not like the transformers camos where you can look at it, even even if they didn't have the little figures in the turrets turning things round, it would still kind of look, you know, quite Transformers-y. So it's it's a bit of a weird one. It's definitely a misstep. It's quite a big and misstep I mean, on, on Wargaming's part. I, I do like the camels, even without the monsters on them, but uh, they already have a system where not everybody sees a camel, right? Because you can yeah. disable what, what the camels that you can see. So if they have a system in place, it should be technically rather easy that you see a different camel than everybody else, right? So they just had to implement it like that, and everybody would have been happy, um, and, but they, they just didn't. And with the sounds, it's it's even worse. They, that's, that's the more baffling part, yeah. <laughs> like there is National Plus, there is a specific option that enables all of the stuff, but actually, I've never tried. You, I, you don't hear the monsters if you go National Plus. The only option that should enable special sounds doesn't give you the special sounds. 
Uh, you have to like go to standards or so that you can actually hear the monsters and then you hear them together with your regular captain. Yeah. But National okay. Plus, the one option that gives you special captain sounds gives you nothing. It's that that's almost the more baffling thing, aside from anything to do with the the visuals of the the camo, is is how they have handled that. That that like you say, they haven't put it in the the, the national voiceover plus. And the fact that a lot of people are, are rather annoyed that it's not even um, like, you know, animal roars or whatever. It's it's just straight up the regular captain voice with a bit of background noise almost. So it just feels <laughs> like such a weird low effort thing. But like like somebody left the TV it, on in the background? Yeah. The reasoning for it doesn't even especially make sense that they, they want people to be able to understand that but you have all these other voiceovers where unless you speak the language or you speak you know cat noises or whatever else is there a pirate option it's like yeah it, it doesn't really hold water uh, that, that kind of reasoning so it's it's weird and it like it it should can't even be more expensive if they just like only had the animal noises and had them louder. Then that would have been fine, right? People would have been perfectly fine if they're just some weird animal noises. Yeah, exactly. And even just the um hell, even uh, particularly for the uh the was it the Amagi that had the Godzilla skin? Yeah, it will be. Even when you're just in port honking the horn, it sounds disappointingly muted considering it's supposed to be freaking Godzilla. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, but people who bought it wanted other players to to see the pretty camos. Yeah, but like the the, the still, I I have to say this, right? I personally, I think the camos are pretty even without the monster on it, right? And people would still see that part. Uh, you could have it that people just see like the the camo without the monster. They still see the pretty camo. They just don't see the monster, right? Because I I can see the point that they if if they are like running around on your tank or like I don't know exercises they're hacking your your tower so that people might be it's not like you can actually aim that much in world of warships that you aim like exactly for the tower but i feel like that could be confusing right so you could if you're really concerned you could just other people just see the you know that they come without the monster but that you self don't see the monster is just uh i don't know bullshit I think we definitely both agree that they messed up on this one anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we'll see what comes of him. All right, is there anything else we want to go over? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that we have that we could talk about, but if we're aiming for about an hour... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we um, could briefly touch on... On the question and they are in chat. Do, do you think that Wargaming is going to, to, like, when they decide what resources they are used for a ship, do you think they're going to decide based on how strong the ship is or just decide on what, what, uh, uh, what, what they currently need? Because I think Wargaming said a couple of times that they don't know what resources they're going to sell it for before it's finished. I I can definitely believe that, yeah, that they, they I don't know, I, pre I presume they look at whatever the last resource ship they put in was, or, you know, last couple, so they're not just doing 
spamming out a bunch of, say, coal ships in a row. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do look at their own metrics and see how much, you know, the, the average amount of coal players have or free XP or whatever and do it perhaps based on that. I'm sure things like steel ships, I mean, maybe that more comes out of testing and they're like, okay, this is a stronger ship. Maybe we'll put this in as a steel ship rather than significantly make changes. Uh, I suspect it's probably not a, a completely cut and dried process. I, I suspect they do kind of partly, I'm not saying make it up as they go along, but yeah, they probably <laughs> they probably decide quite late in the day. And I can, I can definitely buy that they they wouldn't necessarily sit down with a drawing board and say right we're going to do this ship and it's going to be for free xp or it's going to be for coal or whatever because some of the some of the ships end up uh, some of the premiums especially end up um spending quite a lot of time uh quite a long time in development as well uh yeah true so i, I can i can definitely uh i can kind of understand their position in that one and of course, like if they're selling it for coal, then they can also throw it in the premium shop and sell it for the balloons at the same time. Because they've mm -hmm. long since given up on the fact that they aren't selling oh, anything yeah. above tier 8. Oh yeah, that, that ship has sales, so to speak. Although, have they sold anything other than the, the Yamato for the balloons at tier 10? I don't think so. I think that's been the only one, the ARP Yamato. Uh, of tier 9, it's been... So do they do it with Musashi? They definitely do it with Jean Bart at some point. Oh, that's all examples I'm not thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so far ARP Yamato has been the, the only tier ten. As I can think of. Well Musashi never was. Okay, that was my mistake. All right, the, the up Musashi was just... Uh, interesting, the up Musashi was just a skin. For once, they didn't make a, a clone ship, right? So they sold, I think, the camo for, for the Musashi, but they didn't sell the Musashi itself. Yeah, there's, there's been... I mean, it's... I don't know if there's any particular consistency with that when it comes to... Um, like stuff with the, the, when they're adding clones to the Panation tree as premiums, for example. You know, some of them don't make any sense from any kind of historical anything but they want to make some money okay uh, but yeah you have others that are um specifically skins or sometimes they just do straight up a, a, a clone ship and stick a different skin on it and i suppose you could lump the the black friday ones in there as well but um yeah the the um the two amagi clones they sold as uh warhammer 40k tie-ins the ones that most readily come to mind, but I'm sure there's other examples as well. So, yeah, there doesn't seem to be, uh, seem to be any particular consistency there. I, I guess it just depends what they feel will make them the most money. I don't know. Maybe they just throw the dice. Do we think that there will be more free spaceships for a decent price? I mean, yeah, I, I guess prices have sort of escalated in the years, probably just because people have more reason. I think they... I wouldn't be surprised if Wargaming bases their price of a ship not just about its tier, but about how much resources they think like the average person has. I think part of it, I mean, Nelson is one of the ships that's being taken out of this patch. So, you know, last chance to grab that for, was it 750,000 free XP? I mean, it was um, pretty, pretty cheap compared to what, what other stuff they sell, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, everything else since has felt like it's been more expensive, pretty much. But uh, I do wonder how much of an effect the um, the the change with premium accounts made. I mean, there's been all the other stuff with you know camos and flags. You've always been able to stack those, but the the change they made with being able to mount more flags and get a lot more free XP out of individual battles, uh, I'm sure was was a factor. But also the 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 buff to War, World Warships premium accounts and the kind of splitting of Warships premium accounts from World of Tanks premium accounts um, probably has had an effect as well. So they've just kind of they've created their own inflation problem there, really. You know, and interestingly, because I've completely forgot about it, but you just mentioned now it's not so, it hasn't been so long ago that they allowed you to mount more flags. And now they are removing, like, the, the, they have removed the flags from achievements and you can only get, like, flag containers. And then there's that, the auctioners coming up. How, how paranoid are we, conspiracy wise? <laughs> has this all been a long plan? Maybe. Maybe the auction will just be flags. That will be it. <laughs> that was 375,000. Wow. I was, what was, what was 300, uh, 750 then? Wow. That's, it's so long since I got the Nelson because it's been in the game for a while now. Fun fact, the Nelson was one of the first ships uh, contributors got for free because it used to be that contributors only got ships for testing and then were taken away. And the Nelson was credited as an accident. And then Wargaming decided we are allowed to keep it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I just straight up got it with the free XP at the time, so I, I just enjoyed it that much when it first came out. Uh, someone's asking, um, will there be a new Tier Seven replacement? Well, we don't have any information on that, sadly. Uh, I don't know if uh, we haven't we haven't had that many free XP ships. A lot of them seem to have been coal rather than free XP. That feels um, like they are going almost back on... I mean, there are so many resources in the game, right? And yeah. it feels almost like they are bank-tracking on selling ships for free experience. Maybe because they want you to sink free experience in other stuff? I don't know. I mean, I guess these days you could convert it to captain experience, which would be probably a Maybe. waste, but... Uh, yeah, you can do that. The other, The other probably... Big free XP experience for people would be research bureau points. Oh, um, yeah, right. P people just use them to go for the research bureau. So yeah. I guess there is enough of a free XP sync that maybe they don't feel like they need to offer more free experience ships. Yeah, maybe maybe this is why we see more coal ships and more research bureau ships. So, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible there won't be a direct replacement uh, for Nelson, unfortunately, which, I mean, it would be nice if there was, but, uh, yeah. You might just have to save that free XP for other things. I mean, with the, even just with going from 19 to 21 point captains, I think I blew about a million of my free XP, <laughs> as well as all of my then elite captain XP on, on getting one or two of my captains up to 21 points. Bye, you man. Thanks for the follow. Much appreciated. Did I have explained why they took out Paolo Emilio? Uh, and see, I haven't even realized that they took... Uh, I guess I never was really interested in this ship, so I didn't even notice that I took it back out. What was it sold for, actually? Was this a steel thing, or was it, like, research bureau? I can't remember. That was one of the ones I think they gave to us. Do I even have it? 
I don't think I have it, so it, it must I, have been research bureaus. Research. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they... I mean, if... I don't know about you, but when I see people playing it, it just is people usually YOLOing in, and maybe they take down a battleship, but then they immediately die themselves. And maybe Wargaming looked at that. And again, we're looking at the kind of the player psychology thing of, of players deciding... That's that's how this thing is best to be played. You know, it's obviously not good for anything else, so I'm going to do that. And maybe they decided that's not what they wanted in a tier 10 destroyer of people just yellowing in and doing I don't that. know. I, I mean, it, it could always be that they looked at their stats and they thought, like, well, maybe this wasn't a great idea. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it has a particularly low survival rate, even for tier 10 destroyers. I mean, it, it was a weird concept, and the people criticized them during development a lot that it didn't seem like an in, like that, that there wasn't a good concept behind it. But, you know, Wargaming war is usually... I, I guess if uh, they're like, I don't know, some people said like a dog with a bone, right? It doesn't really matter if there is, if this is like, there is no logic behind it. It's just that once they got their bone, you know, they, they gotta keep it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can I can kind of get behind that. There, there is a kind of single-mindedness there sometimes, uh, which especially um, when it comes to giving feedback for ships, I'm now much less active than I used to because it sometimes we we get things to try. And I'm not going to be I'm not going to go into any specifics here at all because you know NDA and all that. But um, we've had ships in the past certainly where it's like well this this whole concept just doesn't work and i think the only time they they went away and uh, kind of took that and and made any sort of significant changes was this was the slava but they still didn't change that basic concept of it being more accurate at a distance so even then it kind of didn't fundamentally change so yeah, even the, the the basic idea they have for any given ship or ship line, it, it very rarely changes based on, on feedback. But it's incredibly unusual for that to happen. So airdrops. Well, well, Kerry, I mean, I know you might have expected us to talk about Dutch cruisers. The thing about the Dutch cruisers is so I haven't played them yet, but I think Chennai has. And the thing have, is, as yeah. a contributor, you are not allowed to... Talk about your personal experience. So it would put Jedi in a very problematic perspective because he would be allowed to talk about what is public knowledge and obviously about the video that everybody has seen about an airdrop like farming things. But it's, it's a very fine line to draw because if as soon as you say something that, like, how can you talk about something that you've experienced and not let your personal experience bleed in? Yeah. So basically you're going to say, yes, airdrops, they exist. They're a thing. <laughs> That's about it. Without getting then into personal, you know, views on on any of it. So yeah, also I I should also point this out. Although it seems a bit hollow these days, it's it's the first version of a test, and no ship ever survived like the first version of a test. But I know Wargaming has. I I don't agree with how Wargaming balances this game, or haven't at least for the last two years or so. Which leaves everything a bit more awkward because, you know, like two or three years ago, I was very confident in saying, guys, just don't get upset. It's the first version of a ship. There are going to be changes. These days, there are still going to be changes, but I'm not necessarily uh, optimistic on how it will turn out in the end. But it's still only a first version, so we will see where Wargaming takes it. 
that was that was the positive. You know, there was a positive side and a negative side to not being able to um, like stream and show off test chips anymore. The positive side is it does limit expectations a bit with the community and um, people's first impressions don't then necessarily color when the line actually comes in and is you know possibly different in some significant way but the downside is that that because there isn't that that public pressure if i can put it that way when something particularly egregious seeming comes along um wargaming are kind of much more comfortable about still just putting it out as is um and it's not necessarily until later on after you know possibly many patches that they then make sometimes entirely necessary changes so i mean the thunder is a very prime example there uh, yeah, although that, i don't know if that predates or postdates the whole nda change exactly but uh, yeah that's i don't know it's it, true, like it was, the... it was definitely a mixed bag when they, they made that change yeah, the, it, it's it, it, the, the content is a bit more focused about existing ships, which isn't necessarily banned because nobody was showing existing ships anymore because everybody, there was just so much to test that it was all oh, about yeah, test ships. But the downside is obviously then the people get less experience about how ships are tested. And now all they see is like people see a video that obviously shows an extreme, but people who have actually played the ships can't, like, they can't. They can either confirm or deny if this is like an extreme or if this is the norm or how it actually works, right? Because people who have experiences can talk about it, which makes the situation a lot worse because now all you can see is like one extreme and that looks pretty horrifying. And, you know, what are you going to do with it, right? I mean, that that will put some pressure on them, but... I don't know. If, yeah, if people I, could openly talk about it, it would be a lot better, I think, for the it, whole balancing would, process. It would be great if we could just put stuff out and everyone would be very level-headed and talk about things in a balanced way and not just, you know, the content creators, but all of the viewers and players as well. But, of course, that's never going to happen. So I, I, I can kind of sympathise with Wargaming here. That I don't necessarily think there is a, a good solution either way like you either you either have it be open and everyone openly talking about stuff and then sometimes shit storms um happening rightly or wrongly i mean we all remember when radio location came in and a bunch <laughs> of people were like oh no it's the end of the game and not really yeah um, well, of course but, you know, there's, there's plenty of examples on the other side as well, like I said, where public pressure, if you want to think of it that way, did get Wargaming to take another look at aspects of some ships or lines and uh, make positive changes. So, yeah. Oh, it's it's a asking, one. Do you think submarines will stop ships from coming? Well, I guess the question is, do we want to... Like, we originally planned to have about a one-hour podcast, which is now... And we're going to have this irregular thing, so we can definitely talk about subs another time. Yeah, I think I think we're we're pushing an hour at this point, so yeah. subs is just like a whole other discussion. Yeah, I, I think we we will add that to future discussions. We don't we don't want to blow all of our topics on the very first episode. <laughs> well, I mean, we can always fall back about talking about cats, you know. That that's true. That's true. 
Uh, right, so do we want to maybe take one or two questions before we wrap up? Uh, where we see cooperative play now. What do you mean with cooperative play? You have to clarify oh, your question. My name was written in water. I wonder if he's, if, if, if he's asking if we'll play some ships together after this. Ah, in a, in a strange I mean, way. I mean, I'm going to play some ships. Chen is welcome to join, but I don't know if his other plans. Uh, I actually could, but I'll need to eat something first. But yeah, I could join you for for some games after afterwards. That would definitely be a possibility. So, any 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 ship related questions? I guess. <laughs> well, then, are we playing together? Uh, there was one earlier about steel ships. Let me scroll up. Uh, I'm becoming. Yeah, I, I of... think it was kind of what we talked about. If if you yeah. think like they are, kind of sort of answered that one already, though. I suppose. I mean, they have specifically also said in the past in public statements that yeah, they want these ships to be desirable ships, considering steel is the rarest resource. Yeah, I mean, they somehow need to get people into rank. I mean, I have a. I've started a very small poll on YouTube. Uh, why people play ranked? And uh, the answers were, uh, it's fun. I only want rewards and I don't play ranked. The 9% said it's fun. 52, I only want rewards. And 38, I don't play ranked. <laughs> so they need the steel ships to be rather attractive, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that's why they are quite strong for their respective tiers. Um uh Yukon is basically a monarch. Uh what well I can say based on the publicly available information, Yukon has monarch's guns on the KGV hull. And it's also got some other things going on like uh fifteen six point uh fifteen point six kilometer range, for example. So, and it it uh, flows. They're trying out some stuff. Uh, my favourite ship, right, that's definitely a me question, well, directed at me. Uh, probably still the Tirpitz. It's definitely the ship I've played the most, and although I don't play it that much these days, it's still one I jump into every so often just for a, a you know, a, a comfortable Tirpitz game. It's like a comfortable pair of shoes at this point. And I haven't even played it as, me as much as, men uh, as some people have played other ships that they really enjoy. You, you look at player counts sometimes and people have played thousands of battles in a single ship. I think my turp I'll actually just check. I have a feeling it's something like 500 games ish. I'll take a moment for it to come up but I don't know, maybe you could give your favourite ship as well. well uh, my my favourite is the Shimmer Cars. I think I have 700 something battles in it. 700? Wow. <laughs> That's it's definitely more than I've done in the Tirpitz. But then again, you know, I say that, like I said, you know, people with thousands of games in a single ship, it's a bit more involved. I reached thousands yet, but, you know, it, it will come. Right, not even 500 yet, 451, so, yeah. I, I just tend to play lots of ships a bit rather than one ship over and over, I suppose. There are so many ships in the game now. I've 
quite a few ships that I don't even have 100 battles in. Like the vast majority. My Shima games, 129. So I'm a complete Shima noob compared to you, apparently. Yeah, but, you know, it's still got over 100. So I, I approve. Especially <laughs> since tier 10 is not really the tier that you enjoyed it most. Uh, what's, what's the worst ship in the game from my perspective? I think you have to throw some caveats on that because, you know, there's a lot of the tier three battleships that are just plain terrible. And if, if I was going to say kind of tier five and upwards, it's still a really tricky choice because there's ships you don't like that aren't necessarily bad. And then sometimes there are ships that are kind of bad, but you still kind of like. Like a good one for that would be for me the Emerald, which is kind of bad, but I still like it. But ones that are just kind of objectively bad, um, I don't know. I mean, I personally think Genova is pretty weak as a tier five cruiser, even in that tier of very squashy cruisers. Um, just scrolling through now, what else do I not particularly like or think is good? Uh, and always go with Z31. <laughs> Z31. Well, I haven't played it yet, but Z31 is definitely a strong contender. Uh, oh, what's that tier 8 Pan-Asian one they put in, which was basically a gimped Ognavoy? Oh, a gimped Ognavoy. That one I felt was particularly bad. Uh, there, there, was, there was a Fen Yang or something that was uh, yeah. an Akesuki. It's just worse in every way. Yeah, that one's a, that's very recent. Uh, Silly Vangi, there we go. I really thought Silly Vangi was pretty, pretty bad. Um, what else? I don't know if there's any at the higher tiers I would, I would point out and go, oh yeah, that's horrible. But there's definitely some lackluster ones. Yeah, I don't know. That's the kind of question. I think if I was going to come up with a definitive answer, I would need some time to think about it. There's, there's certainly a fair few ships that are not my favorite. <laughs> See, personally, I think I would have just sent Z31. I'm not sure if there's a worse ship in the game than the Z31. Well, I've answered a lot of questions, so you want to take the one about Montana? Montana in the current me uh, game meta. I have, it's been a while since I played my Montana. I don't think I've played the Montana since the the remark. I mean, Montana has always been an alright ship for me. The problem is she doesn't do anything exceptionally well. But unlike, for example, let's say in Italian, the Montana does have the actual, especially like if you mount the dispersion module in the sixth slot. The Montana is reasonably okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't play it like as a full, obviously not really playing ships that much as snipers, but as a medium range ship, the Montana will do pretty reasonable. It lacks the overmatch with its guns, which is also a bit problematic because these days there is basically, there are almost no tier 10 battleships that lack the overmatch. Well, let's say there are a few battleships, right? I guess they added some new ones with the Italians. So, you are... Well, she, the Montana still has some good rear angles, I guess. And I think it has a bit of stronger heal than usual, so there are some points in the Montana's favor. But it's it's basically a mediocre ship. But it definitely still works. And I would prefer it over, let's say, an, an Italian. 
Yeah, that's not a difficult choice, I think, for most people. Well, one change that also did particularly affect the the American battleships as well was the with, with the carrier change, the AA rework. The, a, the, the Montana used to be, you know, if you spec'd it into AA, it was it was a beast at Tier Ten. It was it was uh, something we, we wouldn't necessarily want to take your carrier planes uh, particularly close to. Uh, but now it's just kind of a lot more average in that respect. So it's kind of like the, that was one of the, the one things that was really outstanding about it, particularly, and then that's just kind of been downgraded. So yeah, it's kind of it doesn't have any particular gimmicks, I guess you could say, but I don't know if it, it's it's super weak in any particular way either. So it's just kind of there at the moment, isn't it? It's, just, it's not particularly exciting, but it's it's there, it's functional. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just well. like a mediocre ship, right? It doesn't have anything truly offensive about it. It doesn't have anything it does particularly well, but it's, it's all right. That's what you can say. I'll maybe do a question about CVs and then wrap it up there. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So a lot of players want them back. Honestly, a lot of players want them back because they are nostalgic or because they've forgotten the horrors of the old series. The, the series currently are overpowered. They, they are too strong. But it's it's a far cry from how strong they have. Right? This is like, uh, there isn't even a comparison, right? Series used to be 10 times as powerful as, as they are right now. And uh, you check the game and it looks out of, well, it was out of place. I mean, like, even current gameplay sorta-ish out of place. Of course, having RTS gameplay mixed into an, an how you would categorize the regular gameplay seems a bit weird. And it also required different skills, I suppose. But like a, a good say, RTS player, so would absolutely wreck everything with a carrier back in the days. I mean, to be fair, I think that is one thing they did kind of succeed at, which they wanted to, was to remove quite how big of a skill gap there could be. Oh yeah, definitely. When it came to, to carrier playing. I mean, part of it, part of the reason why they also changed it was because, as you say, it just it it did not mesh with any of the other styles of of you know the the, the way you played any other ship. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a, a dominant CV player, like you, if you had a good CV player versus terrible CV player, then that that was basically the game a lot of times like that that was that it was it was one player determining whether a game was was won or lost and i, I for one kind of don't miss the days of, of battleships being taken out from nearly full health by you know master waves of torpedo bombers <laughs> Or like, I mean, a, a good carry could cross drop even at this. Like, you were mm. destroyer, oh, yeah. and in two minutes you were basically dead. Because I mean, this is a good carrier might sink you in five minutes in a destroyer if you actually focus on you. Back in the day, he would sink you like in two minutes because he come it comes in with one cross drop that you can't dodge and you're dead. Uh, there were very few players who. Yeah, there were very few players who could pull it off, but the very good ones, right? You were destroyed, you were just dead. There was no force in... Well, like, okay, I, I'll say that, but back in the day, anti-air was strong, and I guess that's what some people remember. Like, if you had, like, a fully anti-air spec booster, it could actually shoot down planes and protect people from a drop, right? 
But if you were like in a destroyer and you went for a cap and you didn't have an anti-air cruiser that babysat you, and there was a good carrier captain, you were just dead, right? That was that simple. There was nothing to be done. Right, right now, at least it takes maybe five minutes if you focus here to sink you and not two. That said, I mean, Almarama has pointed out that the, the Immelmont's in the game. And of course, the FDR. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. So what we've said about not getting mega derped by a single carrier anymore all at once is That's mostly true, wrong, but yeah. not entirely true. I mean, the, 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 the FDR has a big cooldown between its drops, right? So it, it takes still a bit longer to sink it than an old carrier did. Not that you can I do anything look, about it, but, you know, it's at least it's... When we, were, we were testing, and it was even worse because they had the heal, and you could spec it so it had a really long heal, like a 30-second heal while you're flying around inside the, the plane. So you'd be flying around on the heal, which would be contra- uh, completely uh, counteracting any damage that your plane were taking. So. Rocket Transit yeah. Flight was easier for the East. Not necessarily, Valkyrie. Have you ever faced like one of the good carriers back in the days with a cross-drop torpedo? There is no chance. There is no amount of skill that could help you. You were dead. You were dead in one drop, and there's nothing you could do. I mean, people don't one-shot you with rockets generally. Yeah, if they get, like, sometimes they get an insane drop that does, like, a third to half of your damage with one drop, it's not that consistent, but that can happen. But basically a good good cross-hop drop back in the day, just that. Yeah, it's 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 no fun being, especially in in a destroyer, and a lot of the destroyers, especially the American destroyers that had decent AA and that was it. Yeah, and um, I mean, you could still panic planes, right? If you panicked them, then you yeah. could have probably found a gap right then they... Although, wasn't there, like, a, a, a maneuver that he could do to go through the defensive without getting a plane's panic? Oh, probably. But, um, yeah, no, I think I think things are improved. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily going to say things are amazing now with the state of CVs, but personally, I, I think things are improved on how they were before. I, I would take what we have now over what we had before. But if Wargaming waved a wand and magically took CVs out altogether, then I wouldn't be sad about it. wouldn't complain about it. Or if they at least made Antia better. You can probably still see some old video, but then again, it's not some... I mean, I've very rarely covered carriers because I was never that fond of them, and the UI was never that great in replays to cover carrier games. Uh, and of course, if I got like sunk in two minutes by carrier, I wouldn't put it into a replay because it wouldn't be very interesting. <laughs> but yeah, Valkyrie, basically that's, the tops were that powerful. It was just, back in the day, there were, there were only few people that could pull it off because there were a lot less carrier players in total and there were very few very good carrier players. But if you, you face them, yeah, you could have basically just head back to port. All right, so shall we wrap yep. this up? I guess we can wrap this up now. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching our first podcast. It will be on Chennai's YouTube channel in, well, the, um, maybe to, in the coming days. Let's put it like Yeah. So if you missed any of it, you'll be able to check it out there. Or maybe um, subscribe to my YouTube while you're at it, maybe. Exactly. And also, like, subscribe to Chennai's uh, Twitch. 
where you will see him sometimes stream. Yeah, it's been a while, but I will do it again at some point. Maybe. <laughs> sometimes. The next episode will be next week. Exact time to be announced probably Friday. Quite possibly, yeah. We'll 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 settle on that off screen, but yeah. Yeah, be then next week. Hey, so uh well can it here and let's start World of Warships, I guess. Alright, well I'll say thank you for hanging me and I will I'll pop back in a bit after I've had some food. Okay. So have have fun with boats in the meantime. Bye. Okay, bye for now. <laughs>